be reading the ninth psalm in its entirety for our scripture reading this morning. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne, judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgments which he executed. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Hegion, Selah, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord. Let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Say Lord. We're going to pick it up once again in the book of Luke. We took a little break from our studies, our message of seri our series of messages from Luke. We're going to pick that up once again in Luke chapter 7. Kingsport, Tennessee is about, I'm going to say pretty close, maybe not quite as many seats as we have, but pretty close, probably a little bit over, and they're full. God is doing a work in Kingsport, Tennessee right now as He had done here in this very church one time before. You know, the Lord raises up churches here, churches there, wherever His people are. The Lord comes to them. Just like the lady in the well. You remember the story of the lady in the well? What did the Lord do? The Lord came to her where she would be. The Lord came to rescue where John Reeves would be sitting over here in the pew next to his brother and his wife. The Lord comes to His people. And right now, there's a lot of people in Kingsport, Tennessee. Pray for them. Pray for Pastor Gabe Stoniker. He's got five men 
that bring messages that can bring messages in his church. Three of them with little children. And maybe, just maybe, God is raising somebody up. Pray for Gabe, will you? Think about him. If the Lord brings it to your heart, that God may be using him to train young men who may someday go out into the world and preach his gospel. There are so, so few of us out here. You think, well, wait a minute, John. There's churches on every corner here. There are more churches by 10 in Tennessee than there are here in California. There's one on every corner in many quarters. But few preach the truth. Broad is the road to destruction. Narrow. Do you know what the word, you know what the word remnant means? You've seen the word remnant in scriptures. God refers to the election, the remnant according to election in Romans. Remnant is that little piece of cloth above the hemline. You got a hem down here, you know that little piece that tucks in underneath here? That's a remnant. That little piece that's tucked in underneath the man's robe. That very small little section of, that's all it is. I was filled. I was filled with gospel preaching. I'm inspired this morning by Bruce Crabtree's message on Friday night of last week. If you have sermon audio, folks, go listen to all of them. Go listen to all of the messages. But listen to Bruce Crabtree's. It just jumped off the pages because we're actually here. He, he, he referred to our, uh, our text, but he actually brought his message from another text. And, and I think if you go and listen to it, it'll enhance what you may hear from me today. He's a much better preacher for one. But I want to pick up here in the book of Luke. Would you turn to chapter 7 with me and look at verses 36 through 38. I had read these verses all the way through to the end of the chapter and had been praying. I had been praying about what I would bring, what the Lord would lead me to bring from this. And after hearing Bruce preach on this subject, the subject of his feet, I couldn't think of a better place for you and I to go to, but right here. Verse 36 of chapter 7, And one of the Pharisees desired him, the Lord Jesus, that he would eat with him. So the Pharisee would like, he desired that the Lord would come over and eat a meal with him. And he, the Lord Jesus, went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, behold, take a hold of, grasp. There's, there's a whole room full of people. There's an entire room full of people that have come to eat this meal with this Pharisee, yet one woman, behold her, a woman in the city which was a sinner. Now there's no other description of what this woman, who she was, what her name was, and there are many commentators who would love to sit around and debate that she may be this one or she may be that one. But our text doesn't tell us, does it? So we're going to go on the one thing, the one thing our text does tell us. It says, she's a sinner. I already relate. Do you? I can already understand a little bit about this woman. There's a certain woman. Behold, grab a hold of this, this thought of this one woman who was a sinner. When she knew, now listen, 
Let's stop there a moment again. She knew something, didn't she? She, she wasn't guessing, well, maybe, maybe the Lord's over here, maybe He's over She knew. When she knew. It wasn't before. It wasn't for, before the time that she might have heard about Jesus being somewhere. It was when she knew where He was. Let me ask you something. Do you know where the Lord is today? What does He say in His Word? He says, where two or three are gathered in My name... There am I. We got more than enough. And we're gathered here today in this building that God has provided us in His name. We're not here in our name. We're not here to hear about what we have done. We're not here to see who will make a decision. We're not here to, to see who's going to get in the baptismal. We're here to meet for Him. We're here to sing about Him. We're here to worship. Worship the one who deserves all worship. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now, many have said that alabaster is an, is an ointment. It's a fragrant uh, perfume. It was one of those ointments used in that day for burying bodies, for People would wear, you know, they didn't shower much in those days, so they would wear ointments, oils. And I understand from what many have said that this box of alabaster would have been a year's salary to somebody of that day. A man. Maybe two to a woman. So this alabaster box was very, very, very expensive. Verse 38. And she... She stood, says, and stood, speaking of her, at his feet, behind, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about his feet. Where was Moses when Moses was in the presence of God? Do you remember? He was up on Mount Sinai. He'd gone up to see for himself this burning bush, this picture of the fire of God that never extinguishes. It consumed the whole bush without burning it up. And he had heard about it. He said, i got to go see this for myself. So he went up to the the mountain. And what did he do? He got down with his face in the dirt. You cannot be in the presence of God knowing who He is in truth without putting your face as low as you can get it. Now, that doesn't mean you need to get off your chairs and sit down and put your faces down in the dirt. I'm talking about a heart thing talking about the spiritual thing. What am I before God? What am I before God? I'm nothing. I'm a worm. I'm an undeserving worm at that. I'm one who has shaken my fist at God and said, I will not have that one to rule over me. And every single one for whom He died on that cross is the same way. You say, oh no, I've loved, I've loved the Lord since I was born. I doubt that. 
God says that we're saved through the preaching of His Word. Not the preaching of somebody's Word, but the preaching of His Word. The truth. We're saved through the preaching of His Word, which is the truth. She was found at the feet of Jesus, weeping, washing His feet. Oh, how precious to see the feet of our Savior. Oh, how precious to see all that is needful right there in those feet. Look over at Luke chapter 10. Turn over to the 10th chapter of Luke. Over in chapter 10 of Luke, we read beginning at verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and did what? What are you doing this morning? People want to get together for Bible studies and have discussions, opinion parties. A lot of folks have come here for our Bible study and we, we lead a study through His Word by the pastor. We have, a, we have a discussion time afterwards, but for the most part, our study is looking into God's Word, hearing what a preacher has studied to bring out. And they think, well, where's the, where's the opinion party? Where's my, where's my opinion? Is it my opinion worth something? Folks, let me tell you something. My opinion doesn't mean squat. God help you if you listen to my opinion. And your opinion doesn't mean squat either. This is the only thing that means anything in today's world. The word about Him. Who He is. God Almighty in the flesh. The Creator of everything that is the One who put us in our mother's womb. That's what this is about. That's whose opinion matters. This woman, she had a sister called Mary which sat at, the, at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. Let's go on, shall we? But Martha, in verse 40, was cumbered. Martha was burdened. She had all these folks who were following Christ around. They came in with Him. She was cumbered about much serving. And she came to Him and she said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. That, doesn't that seem like a reasonable thing? If, if I don't get any help in that tree, you know what? It's going to get done. I'm just going to have to take longer to do it. And I'm thankful that you've offered help. I don't mean to say that you're not. But if, if for some reason there wasn't anybody who offered their help, I would still get it done. But would, would it be right for me to go and complain to the Lord that, Lord, it's all by myself out here? No. Lord, bid her, therefore, that she help me. Not an unreasonable request at all. And Jesus answered and said unto her, listen to this answer. Listen to this answer. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Rightful things. Things that she had to get done. Things that she had to take care of. 
but one thing is needful. Folks, you can go about doing whatever you want to in this world. Go to your job. Do what you got to do. Take care of your kids. Raise your family. Whatever it is you got to do, you can go do it. But there's only one thing that we all need. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Back in our text. This poor sinning woman, this poor sinner, this woman, she wept. She wept for the sorrow of what she was. Folks, if you don't weep for your sin, then God has not revealed to you what you are. That's important. That's very important. How are you going to call on a Savior? How are you going to call on the Lord to come heal you if you don't need to be healed? How are you going to call on the Lord to save you if you're doing what you need to do to be saved? This poor woman, she, she wept. She wept with the tears of who she is before God. She wept with the sorrow of what she was. But she also wept with the joy of whose feet she sat before. I, I, I cry with the joy of my great-grandchild being born. I don't care. You can call me a sissy. I don't care. Joy brings tears to my heart when I see God doing a work in somebody's heart. When the Lord opened her eyes to the truth, Jean and I, two grown men, cried our hearts out, Thank you, Lord. What a joy. She wept because she was at the feet of the King. The King of all kings. The one who rules everything. The one who is sovereign. The one who makes the flowers come up and then wilt away. The one who brings the rain like yesterday. We got a little bit of rain here yesterday. That was great. But within minutes, everything had dried up except for the dirt. She had tears of joy that she was in the presence of the king, the one who had revealed himself to her. Is there joy in your heart? Because we're talking about our king the feet of our king. You know, he's not the king to everybody. He is the king to everybody, but not everybody knows him as king. You and I didn't know him as king at one point either. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you joyful? Our God loves to be merciful. She wept with joy of whose feet that she sat before. She sat before the feet of the king Sovereign Creator, Majesty of everything. Yet those feet were dirty. They needed to be washed. They were dirty. Dirty from what? You know, He was God. He could have walked if He had wanted to and not a speck of dust ever touch His feet. That's the power that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have. He was, he was, he was doing all other kinds of miracles, wasn't He? Wasn't he healing the lepers? Making them clean? Was he not bringing the blind to see those who had been blind since birth? Was he not sitting on a mountain 
feeding 5,000 people with his feet were dirty with the work of salvation. The very work that God the Father had sent God the Son to do, and that was to save his people, to be made of the flesh, that he would walk righteously in the dirt, in the dirt of the earth. Our dirt. Everything dies, you know why? Because men sinned against God. The earth is cursed, why? Because men had sinned against God. God Almighty humbled Himself and walked in our dirt. And she saw the magnificent, wonderful feet of her Savior and how dirty they were from walking for her. Do you see the dirt on our Savior's feet because of us? If you do, it magnifies His grace in coming here and walking in our dirt for us. What a gracious God! What a wonderful God! She saw the dirt on His feet in the work of Him being our priest. What does a priest do? He takes the blood. He takes the blood and presents it in the holiest of holies for the sins of his people. Isn't that what a priest does? Our Lord took his blood and presented it to the mercy seat in the holiest of holies for his people. She saw the works of her priest sitting there before with the feet. Imagine how many sacrifices were done with all those thousands of Israelites. There's blood everywhere, folks. Blood everywhere. Imagine the dirty feet of our Savior as our, as our high priest. She saw the dirty work, the dirty feet, caused by the work of our Deliverer. He who would deliver us from our sins. He who had to be made sin that we would be made righteous in Him. She saw the dirty work of the feet of our Redeemer. He who would redeem us with His own blood. She saw the dirty feet from the work of our Lord justifying His people. She saw the dirty work of our Lord sanctifying those for whom he loves. This one was the most needful to a dirty, hell-deserving sinner, for there is no other. Look with me at another one. Turn over to the 8th chapter of Luke. Look at Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. His disciples had gone out on the sea in a boat with the Lord, and the, the, the Lord had just calmed the winds. He had just shown his disciples, his Apostles, he had just shown his people the power that he wielded by calming the sea. And they arrived at the country of Gadarene, which is over against Galilee, verse 26, verse 27. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man. Oh, what it is to be a certain one of God. Folks, we are a certain people. You're a certain woman that the Lord came out to see at the well. I'm a certain man that God came to see in the tombs. 
And a certain man which had devils long time and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice and said, What do I have to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion. Because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him, and he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they had fed them, when they that had fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus. And here's what I want you to see. And they found the man, that certain one, out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right man, mind, and they were afraid. Clothed. Notice who it was that did what no man could do. If you go over to the book of Mark and read the account in the book of Mark, you'll find that this man was so violent he would cut himself. He would put his hand on the, on the tombstones and hit his arm with a rock until he bled. I said this from the pulpit when I brought a message from this in front of Don Fortner, I said, this guy was crazy. Don starts laughing. I thought, oh, what did I say? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> Scared me to death. He said afterwards, he goes, you're absolutely right. The guy was just flat out nuts. Totally insane. That's what it is, folks. For a man to think, or a woman to think, that they're above God. And that's what the world thinks. That's what each of you and I thought at one time. That we're above God. Yet now this man sits at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Salvation is accomplished and accepted by God himself. He whom all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth. And the holes in his hands and the feet prove he is the resurrected Christ the resurrection proves that that sacrifice he committed is accepted by God Almighty. Salvation is of the Lord. All of our needs is found in his feet. You say, well, how do you know? The works that he did. Well, first off, what, what was needed? We needed a man. We needed a man who could die in our place. We needed a substitute. One who could lay down his life and pay the ransom price. Because we can't. I can't even pay a drop of what I owe the Lord. I need someone who can pay the whole bill. And we see that in this man, the Lord Jesus. We see his feet nailed to the cross, the holes in his feet where he was nailed to the cross, where every drop of blood came and flowed out of his body for us to wash us clean. 
The very blood that God Almighty and the Son would go into the holiest of holies with. The very blood that He would present on, that He would sprinkle on the mercy seat for you and I. We see all this in the feet of Him who knew no sin, who was perfect and righteous in all that He is and all that He did. He knew no sin. Yet God the Father made Him to be sin. Our sin. Our iniquities. Yes, a mystery. How do you explain that? I can't. Some men feel they can. I cannot. I know it's a miracle. I know that it happened because He has said it happened. Listen to 1 Peter 2.24. I'm going to read a couple scriptures and then I'll wrap this up. Who is His, who his own self bear our sins and His own body on the tree. Isaiah 53 verse 5 But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and with His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 verse 11 He shall see the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied by His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for He shall bear their iniquities. Jeremiah 33, verse 8, And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. Why would God the Father make His righteous Son to be sin, to be our sin? 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He hath made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's why. That we would be made the righteousness of God in Him. I don't know about you folks, but these are the feet that I wish to be at every day. These are the feet that I desire to see before all times. The feet of Him that saved me. The feet of my substitute. The feet of my sacrifice. Behold. Behold. The perfect Lamb of God sent to take away the sins of His people. Back in our text, look at verse 39. Luke chapter 7, verse 39. Now when the Pharisee, the one who had the dinner, which had bidden him, bidden Christ when he had saw what the woman was doing, he spake within himself. Did you notice that? He didn't speak aloud. He just spoke. He just thought it. Saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. He looked at God and hid his thoughts. He thought. We'll look at that in our next message of how the Lord responds to him. But I want to ask you this morning, or I want to I want to declare to you this morning that he, the Lord, knew who she was. And she knew who he was as well. I was listening to Brother Don Forkner, Donnie Bell, on an airplane ride home. 
And he made a statement similar to this. If you're hearing the gospel for the first time, if God is speaking to your heart for the first time, and you've never heard it before, and you see your need for the first time for a Savior, God Almighty is revealing that to you. Man, by their natural self, does not see themselves as sinners. It is our very nature to think we're okay. We're not as bad as we think we are. We're not as bad as that Bible says we are. Oh, yes, you are. If God is revealing your need of a Savior, then He is, He is, He is revealing who that Savior is. Listen to Ephesians. I'll just read this for you quickly. Listen to Ephesians. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, And here's what he mentions in his prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. This is my prayer for every time I stand in the pulpit. May God give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Have you come to the feet of Jesus? Are you coming to the feet of Jesus? Are you coming here on Sunday just because that's what we do on Sunday? Or are you here to seat his feet? Oh, how I pray you have seen his feet this day.